Welcome to Rock Vlogs, the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Tim Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today's show, we're talking about does the over-undervalued model work? So here on the show and here at Opus Partners, we often talk about this idea of property markets being either over or undervalued. And I had a really good question from a listener of the show who said, can you walk us through the last 20 years and talk about does that actually work? Now, Andrew, for anybody new to the show, just explain to us how this actually works, and I'll pull Auckland up for you so you can walk us through the numbers. Okay, so with Auckland at the moment, it's undervalued compared to where we would expect it to be compared to its average against New Zealand's median house price. So I'll just use ballpark numbers. Imagine if New Zealand's median house price was a million dollars, and we would expect Auckland to be 10% above that, just as an example. You could expect a property to be selling for $1.1 million. Now, because the market's not perfect, sometimes it might be a million dollars, so it's undervalued. And sometimes it might be 1.2, so it's overvalued, maybe not the right time in its cycle to be buying there. Now, I think what's really important to understand is that property markets move somewhat independently of each other. So sometimes Auckland can be booming where Wellington can be relatively flat. Sometimes it is the other way around, and Auckland's going to be flat while Wellington is booming. And that definitely happened back between 2016 and around about 2020. And so what we're trying to do is judge where is each region at within its property cycle. Now, for you guys watching on YouTube, you can see this. If you guys are listening to the podcast, I know you've heard this before. So back in 2016, what had happened was that Auckland property prices had taken off, but most of the rest of the country was still relatively flat. Now, at that point, Auckland got up to being about 14% overvalued. Then over time, what's happened? Well, Auckland property prices have gone up but not as fast as the rest of the country, and so it's become relatively undervalued. That happened because during 2020, again, property prices went up, but not as fast as other places. That was in part due to people moving away from Auckland during COVID. You know, people moved away from Auckland down to Waikato or other parts of the country. And so now it's sitting at about 9.2% undervalued. And I think one of the key things there is when you see on the graph that line coming down, that doesn't mean that prices are dropping. It just means that other regions are going up faster. That is absolutely correct. Or they are falling in value faster is the other way. So it's all about relative prices. Now, the good question is, okay, if we're going to buy when property markets are undervalued and we're not going to buy when they are overvalued, does this actually work? So I want to take you back to the year 2000, and we're going to look over 23 years of potentially purchasing. So I've run the numbers, and if we went back to the year 2000, which parts of the country were most undervalued? Well, Otorohonga was about 32% undervalued, Queenstown Lakes was about 31% under, Invercargill 27%, and we've got most of the areas there, you know, Nelson about 18%. So great time to be buying in quite a lot of the country. Let's look at some of the places where we wouldn't be investing. South Waikato District and Kaipara, Stratford, not too far away from my hometown, those places were high 30s to high 40% overvalued, so not the best place to be investing. That's quite high, isn't it? Very high. I mean, one of the issues is that if you calculated the data at that time, because these numbers change all of the time as we get new price data, but if we looked at what data did we have available in November 2000, and we were making the decision and we ran the numbers exactly the same way, which areas were over, which areas were under, these are the numbers we get. So we aren't necessarily just going to pick Otorohonga because it's 32% undervalued. We're going to think about a range of different factors when making our investment decisions. So Andrew, which area 
do you want to invest in? So let's go with Queenstown because, as we know, that's been pretty consistent growth over the long term. So then, if you're buying a property in 2000, the median house price was 215000 That's wild, isn't it? Knowing what we know today, it's really, really low. And New Zealand as a whole was 121000 just to put that into context. So let's look at the growth over the next four years. So let's say you bought a property for $200,000 in Queenstown and compare it to if you'd bought a $200,000 property anywhere else in the country. Over the next four years, all of New Zealand would have gone up by around about 120-odd K. For Queenstown, your property price has gone up by about $215,000. So after four years, you would have been about ninety-four grand better off buying in Queenstown compared to if you'd bought just the average property somewhere around New Zealand. Um, Which is quite significant. Well, it's massive. $94,000 is significant today. Mm. $94,000 back in 2004, before we had the last 20 years of inflation, is massive. And at some parts, you know, Queenstown, after about three-ish years, you would have been even better off. I think Queenstown would have gone up by 250k, the rest of the country just under 100k. So you would have been maybe at that point in time about $130,000 better off. So this model is good at getting a sense of where's feeling cheap right now and so might get good medium-term growth. Now, I am going to show you the numbers at the end of the episode of what would happen if you did this multiple times over and how much better off you'd be. But in this example, about 90K better off after four years. And we've just picked four years as a bit of an arbitrary number. Okay, we're now in the year 2004. Now let's go back and look at the numbers and see where we are going to purchase now. And the Rangatiki district, that's about 26% undervalued. South Taranaki, where I'm from, 24% undervalued. Same with Stratford. Now remember, Stratford was really overvalued back in 2000. By the time we get to 2004, it's now undervalued. Let's just quickly look at the overvalued areas. Kaikoura District was looking 94% overvalued at that point, and Thames Coromandel about 29%. And Queenstown was 20% overvalued at that time. Yeah, so you're not investing then because no, it's had all that growth. Because we've had the benefit of that, right? So we're like, sweet, we've gone from undervalued to overvalued really, really quickly. We've made a lot of money. We've seen that. We've made an extra 90-odd K. We're not going to be investing in Queenstown again. Now we're going to figure out where next. And Andrew, I'm going to decide because I've got the talkie stick at the moment. I'm going to say we go for South Taranaki District. So we're going to be investing in Harwara or Partia, you know, my old stomping ground because I think that's a nice thing to do. And how much would that cost back then? Average property price in South Taranaki was just over 100K. So let's say we buy something for $100,000. Okay, Andrew, over the next four years, how would that investment in South Taranaki have gone? So that property or the average property went up by $83,000 in South Taranaki. New Zealand as a whole went up by 24,000. So if you were using this model to pick South Taranaki to buy, you were $59,000 better off. So again, pretty substantial. When you think that you bought for $100,000 at that time, the return you got on the 100K you invested or put in was like 83%. And when you think you probably only put in a small deposit, let's call it 20%, maybe even less back then, might have been a 10% deposit, the return you got was massive and substantially better than the overall benchmark, which is the overall market, about $59,000 better off in that case. Now, if you were to do this again in 2008, you probably would be investing in Auckland. The reason is that it was 8% undervalued and the next most undervalued city was 7% down. 
Now, I will show you these numbers because what was happening back in 2008, Andrew, just while I'm pulling together the graph. So at that stage, we were at the tail end of the GFC, so the markets were harder to get money, so definitely some of the major regions like Auckland had been affected quite drastically. And if you were purchasing back then, you know, how much did a property cost in 2008? So you're paying on average $425,000, which seems like a cheap deal now, but I remember at the time it was still quite expensive. It would have been extremely expensive. So four years later, what would have happened if I purchased for 425k? So you had a dip and then you had a recovery, but Auckland went up $237,000 for that average property. New Zealand, 122. So again, you are $115,000 better off over those four years. Huge money. Yeah. So what you can see here is that if you're investing at the right time in the right location in New Zealand, you can make substantially better returns. Now, this model is not the way, the truth, and the light. It's not always going to work. But in these examples that were shown so far, you certainly can do a bit better off. Now, if we were to invest four years after that in 2015, we'd be investing then in Napier. Now, this becomes a really interesting result here because we see something a little bit different to what we'd seen from the other numbers. Now, Andrew, here we see something that might be a bit surprising. What are we seeing here? So Napier's growth was $108,000. New Zealand as a whole had $163,000. So you're actually worse off compared to the average property in New Zealand. Yeah, so if you'd purchased a property for $300,000 in Napier versus buying a $300,000 property somewhere else in New Zealand, the average property, you would have actually been better off after four years investing somewhere else rather than Napier. And was there something going on there at the time? Like, did they have, I don't know, something affected their industry? Honestly, I, I, for, the, for the life of me, I, I can't remember. Right. I'm, I'm an old man. I don't remember anything now. But what I'm trying to get across here is, so far, this has been a great model, right? It's helped us outperform, outperform, outperform. But it's not always going to work. But what I do know was happening in Napier at the time there is at 2014, they were going from being really overvalued in 2005 down to being quite undervalued. Now, we're running these numbers as if you were buying in November of the given year. And for the next year and a bit, Napier was still becoming more and more and more undervalued. So in the first 18 months of that purchase, so if you were buying in November 2014, you still would have had a market that was going down in its property cycle. Now, there was a massive turnaround, and you would have done really, really well in that market over the next kind of 10 years-ish. But if we're just looking at that confined four-year period, you wouldn't have done as well as the New Zealand market. So I think that's really important to acknowledge. Over the long term, you would have done quite well, and we'll show you how it all aggregates up into a portfolio over time in a second. But it's not always 100% guaranteed this is the way that's going to work. It's really important to acknowledge that as well. And of course, you don't know where the bottom of the market is until after you're through it, right? That is correct. Okay, so now it is the year 2016. And let's figure out where we would be purchasing at that point in time. Where is the most undervalued part of New Zealand, Andrew? That was Wairoa District, which was 35% undervalued. That was followed by Wanganui, Tararua, Ruapehu, quite a lot of small areas. And quite big numbers at that stage, given that Auckland's only ever been kind of around that 10% mark undervalued. They seem to have bigger swings in those smaller regions. You always see bigger swings in smaller regions just because you have fewer properties selling. And so the data moves up and down all of the time. Because about a third of properties are in Auckland, the numbers are always going to be a lot more stable. 
Now, in this instance, again, I'm not necessarily going to say, let's go invest in Wairoa. The reason is it's a really tiny region at the top of the Hawke's Bay, and so might not be the best place to invest. I'd be more inclined to say, let's, uh, let's go to Wanganui, which is a town of about 30,000 people, about an hour north of Palmerston North. Now, if we were to purchase in that region at that time, we would have been purchasing for about $150,000. So let's see what would have happened over the next four years if we purchased in Wanganui at that time. What do we see there in terms of differences, Andrew? A huge difference compared to New Zealand's median house price. So Wanganui would have gone up by about $145,000. So that property you bought for one hundred and fifty dollars has almost doubled in value within only four years. Compare that to the New Zealand average, Andrew. That was $39,000. So it's $107,000 better off if you'd use this model and bought in Wanganui. And remember, we're talking about purchasing the same price, putting the same amount of capital to work. 150k property. Can you believe a property? That's crazy. Like, not that long ago. Like, Wanganui property prices have basically tripled since back in 2016. Uh, it was so undervalued. Then it became so overvalued. And now at this time, $145,000 is what you would have made compared to about $39,000. So again, that model works. And let's do it one more time. We're building up a property. I think we've bought five properties so far. We've done one in Auckland, one in Queenstown. We did one in Harwater in South Taranaki. We've got our Wanganui property and also Napier City. So we're building up quite a nice portfolio around the country. And again, only buying one property every four years. Let's figure out where we're going to buy in 2020. Where would we have purchased, Andrew? So at that stage, you've got some of the smaller regions again, like Grey District, Buller, but we're going to sit with main centres and go with Christchurch, which was 24% undervalued at that time. Yeah, so most of those areas around Christchurch were pretty undervalued back then. You know, Ashburton, 23%, Salwyn District, 24%, Waimakariri, about 25%. I tend to stay away from the West Coast just because it's so small and the population is going down. Now, if we were to invest in Christchurch, we don't have four years' worth of data yet, but let's go in and take a look at how much money you would have made over the next kind of three-ish years. Now, Andrew, what would a property cost in Christchurch back in November 2020? So we're in the middle of the big boom. So you're about $525,000 at that stage to buy your average house. And in the next three years, because that's what we've got the data for, Christchurch went up by 174000 whereas New Zealand only 67000 So you're $107,000 better off. And what's really interesting is what happened was Christchurch and New Zealand was pretty much going up the same, same, same. And then it really took off at the start of 2022. And then crucially, it hasn't fallen back as much as the rest of the country. And so that's where you would have been, again, about $107,000 better off had you put the same amount of money, $525,000, somewhere else in New Zealand, the average in New Zealand, because that is our benchmark. Now, let's add this all up. So if you were to just blindly purchase in the most undervalued region, you know, and, and add some other things in there about looking at a main centre, somewhere with good population growth, but if you pretty much just followed this model, here's what the amount of money you'd made would look like compared to just the average property in New Zealand. After 23 years, you would have made $3.1 million if you'd followed this under overvalued model, compared to making $2.1 million if you'd just bought the average property in New Zealand every four years. So that is about a 50% increase, just under a 50% better off return, and on top of that, an extra million bucks. It's pretty substantial. It, it really is. And I think also buying in different areas, again, gives you that diversification. And so you're now 
got the ability to get growth on some when maybe another region isn't growing as fast. And I think that's what's happening, especially if we look at 2016, that's when we started investing in Wanganui. Now remember, at that point in time, in your portfolio, in this example, you would have owned properties in Auckland and in Queenstown, some of those weren't going up. But some of those in the different regions were going up. And so actually, again, your wealth is increasing at a faster rate than the rest of the country. And so while I certainly don't think that this is the only way to invest, this is the be-all and the end-all, if we're thinking about trying to target areas that are going to get good growth, both over the long term, but also in the shorter term, this can work. And at least in this example, we've proven that it would work being better off by about 50% or an extra million bucks. And the question really comes down to, well, do you want to invest in the average region or do you want to invest in the region that appears to be most ripe for investment at that point in time? And it's also important to acknowledge that these benefits compound over time. So right at the start, you're not that much better off, maybe by 100k or so. But over the long term, you really start to see some of those differences. And if you want to find all of this data, well, where's overvalued, where's undervalued, you can find it all on our website for free, opuspartners.co.nz. And remember, if you want to invest in an undervalued region and you want us to go and find those new build properties for you, that's exactly what we do, right? So if you're wanting to go and purchase an investment property, you can always come see us here at Opus Partners. We'll tell you where's most undervalued and we'll go find the new build properties that suit your portfolio. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most in the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 